If you could set aside the busyness of life and then focus on just one thing, the one thing that mattered above all other things, what would it be? Welcome to Through the Bible. Today, we'll hear Dr. J. Vernon McGee answer that question, and he'll share King David's response, too. I'm your host, Steve Schwetz, inviting you to hop aboard the Bible bus as we set off for Psalm 27. It's a psalm that Dr. McGee says has a special message for our hearts and lives today. And while you find your seat and open your copy of God's Word, Greg's here with a great update. That's right, Steve. Of course, we know our mission is to take the whole word to the whole world. world. And a question, is Canada part of the world? Last time I checked. I think so. It's very much in the center of the bullseye. And so today we want to celebrate what God's doing in and through Canada. Yeah. And particularly, Canada is quite the melting pot of different uh, ethnicities and nationalities. Yes, they are. And we get really a substantial amount of our support from our Canadian yes, listeners. Yes, we do. So thank you for We're that. Very you grateful. have been able to do lots of ministry and one of our one of our directors, Ray Allery, is yep. a Canadian, and we love him very much. That's right, we do. So here's a listener in Canada now, remember that, who listens in Farsi. Here's what he says. I am Shawan, an Iranian believer in Canada who believed in Jesus Christ 10 years ago, and during these years, I studied the Bible several times, and I always hoped that one day I would be successful and see the Bible from a firm and reliable source of teaching. In this regard, I prayed and miraculously got acquainted with this program, and the teachings of this program are so great that I have really become fascinated and enamored with the Word of God, and great secrets have been opened to me, which has changed my vision and the way I look at theology. I thank God for the dear ones of God who provide such a valuable service to the Iranian Christian community. May the blessing and authority of the name of Christ be upon you and remain forever. Wow. Again, once again, that is a Farsi or Persian speaking person from Iran living in Canada. And that's why technology yes. is making our mission even more uh, possible than it ever was. Yep. Super exciting. Now, from an Iranian, a Persian speaker in Canada, here is a Serbian speaker living in Canada. Greetings. I am Philip. I was born in Serbia, but I moved to Canada at the age of 25 because I couldn't find a well-paid job in Serbia. I got married here, and I'm very happy to listen to your program. I rarely have the opportunity to speak my mother tongue here, but what is most important is that these programs strengthen my faith and nourish me spiritually. After a hard day, the Word of God restores my strength. It is a refreshment and a great blessing to me. Sometimes my wife joins me, too. She makes us tea, and we listen and study together with Dr. McGee and the Bible. These are special moments, and they bring us closer to God. We feel his presence and how he speaks to us and how our hearts change when we study his word. Wow, thanks, Philip, for that encouraging letter, and I'm so excited that God has blessed you as you move from your native Serbia yeah. to Canada now. Yeah. Here's, here's one from a Spanish listener. Again, in Canada, brothers of Through the Bible, what a blessing are you in all the days of my life. I live in Toronto, Canada, and I listen to you daily on the Internet. Peace of Christ for you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Wow. And again, we're so grateful for technology, which allows a Spanish-speaking brother in Ontario, Canada, yeah. to hear us on the Internet as anyone in the world could. Now, we have time for one more, okay. and let's celebrate God working in English. Luke is from Ontario, and he writes this. 
The Lord has opened my eyes and caused me to see wondrous things from his law. I have seen the imperfections and the inconsistencies of the people of God, but I have also seen the patience and long-suffering of the Lord. I am confident that it is through the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. This was an amazing journey on the Bible bus. Thanks to Dr. McGee and the Holy Spirit, our teacher. Love Hmm. that. Wow, such an encouragement. Let me pray for us as we begin. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to bless the ministry of Through the Bible, of course, all around the world, but particularly in Canada. I pray for it in the English language. I pray for it in all the different languages, the diaspora, those that are displaced from other areas that are believers, that they would be strengthened in their faith as a result of the program, and that those that don't know you, Lord, would hear the program in their mother tongue and come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. It's in whose name we pray. Amen. Now here's Through the Bible with our study in Psalms 27 and 28 with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Our study today brings us back to this very marvelous 27th Psalm. It's a very familiar Psalm. And last time we got into the first two or three verses, but I think that today we might just go over this again. This Psalm divides itself very naturally into two major division. We have, first of all, the provision that God makes for the encouragement and confidence of his own. And that's verses 1 down through verse 6. And then through the remainder of this psalm, we have the prayer, which is a prayer for help and sustenance. You see, the one here who has the confidence is going to go to the source in prayer, talk to him about the need. Now, it opens in this very marvelous way. It's probably one of the most spiritual of the Psalms. And when I say that, I recognize that smacks just a little of what I'd like for it not to sound like. And that is that it's sort of for the hoity-toity of believers. And I don't think that at all. But I rather think that this is a psalm that has a message for many hearts and lives today. Now it opens on this grand note. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And you notice again, there is he and me here. The Lord is my light. He and me. It's one thing to say, God is light. Now, we have in the epistle of 1 John, we have three definitions of God. God is light, God is love, and God is life. And all three are here that the psalmist recognizes. He is my light. He's a holy God. And he is the one that directs and guides me by the light of his word. Because the word, the psalmist will say later, It's a light to us and a lamp to us in the pathway of life. And my salvation speaks of the love of God because it was the love of God that provided a salvation for us. And that salvation is only, of course, through Jesus Christ. And John 3, 16, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten Son. God didn't so love the world, he saved the world. God so loved the world... He provided a salvation for sinners 
and they have to come this way. And that salvation is conditioned, and that's the salvation that David's talking about. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? My light, my salvation. And then the Lord is the strength of my life. And he gives life. He not only gives life, he empowers us to live that life down here. All of that is wrapped up in actually this very first verse here. And of whom shall I be afraid? Now, he goes on, he says, When the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And David, again, I think here, is looking back upon his life at the time that his life was in danger. And David started out as a shepherd boy with his life in danger when he went out, made an attack upon a lion and a bear. And that's something you just don't do every day. I don't know about you, I just don't meet a lion and a bear every day. And when I do, I hope he's on the other side of the cage. But there are a lot of these wild animals that are walking our streets today and a lot of them would seek to devour you. And then there's that old lion, the devil, like a roaring lion. He's going up and down, seeking whom he may devour. Now, we find here, then, when we come to verse 3, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. That is, his confidence is in God. And this is the provision that God has made for his own today. Have you ever noticed that every time the Lord Jesus would break through to speak to his apostles after his resurrection, it was fear not, fear not. You and I have a resurrected Savior today, and I think fear comes to us many times. I have to remind myself when I'm flying in a plane, because I don't enjoy it. I have a natural fear of height. I just don't go and look over the side of a building. I'm afraid I'll jump off, and I don't want to do that. And I just have to remind myself when I'm up there and on that bus with those great big wheels that's in the sky, I tell the Lord, I say to him at the time, you were here with me. My confidence is in you. And it helps a great deal. Now, will you notice what he says in verse 4? This is a wonderful verse. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. Now, this is a rich verse. David whittled his life down to one point. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And you remember Paul did that for his life. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This day of just whittling your life down like whittling a pencil, down where you can write with it. Just keep whittling. And today our lives are so complicated. I find, and it did most of my life, I always felt like Martha in the kitchen. You know, she was cumbered with much serving. Poor Martha. She reached for this pot to cook something in, and then she reached for a pan to boil something in, and she reached for something else to peel potatoes, and 
By that time, something fell out of the cupboard, and I tell you, she's frustrated, trying to do everything and everything at once. My, how complicated life has become for many of us today, and we're frustrated, under tension and pressure all the time. Wonderful to get it down. One thing if I desire of the Lord. Have you got your life reduced now to the lowest common denominator today? May I say to you, and I hope you won't mind me speaking out of a personal experience, the happiest time of my ministry began when I retired. And I want to add to that. The most spiritually profitable time began at that moment. I've seen more folk turn to Christ in this brief interval than any other five-year period in my life. I have never rejoiced so. And you know why? I got my life down now where I say, one thing I want to do, and that is radio. That's all I'm doing. I just have got it whittled down to that. And I'm hipped on it. I believe today the Word of God needs to be gotten out. And this is my bag, if you want that. This is the one thing I do. But you notice what it was for David. That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now, David, I don't think, intended to take his sleeping bag and sleep in the tabernacle. And I don't believe today that it means that we should sleep in the church pew, especially during the service. We ought not to sleep there. But what he's saying is this. It was his trip to the tabernacle. You remember he brought it up to Jerusalem, the ark, and put it in a tent. And David wanted to build a temple for God. Why? Because of the fact through that he had access to God. And that's the important thing for us today. That is the thing that we ought to rejoice in. That's the thing that will enable us to whittle life down to one point. Paul gives to us the benefits of being justified by faith. He says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's one of the things. But he's going to enumerate, actually, eight things there. And do you know what is number two? Just happens to be access to God. What a wonderful thing it is. We have access to God. And Paul mentions that there. Paul says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. And that's what David's talking about. David says, I want to go to the house of God. There's a mercy seat there. He needed mercy. And I need mercy. I'm sure you do. That was an altar there that speaks to the cross of Christ. And David says, I want to go there. I can approach God. And through the Lord Jesus today, we have access into this marvelous grace. And it's a privilege to have access to God. This is a wonderful psalm. No wonder it's been such a wonderful blessing to God's people, especially as verse 5 says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me, in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me, he shall set me up upon a rock. Where's the secret place of the tabernacle? It was inside that holy place. No one got in there but the high priest. You know what was in there? The ark. And above it was just a top for the box. But it's a mercy seat. Mercy seat because blood was poured there. And he hides us in the mercy seat. We have today a mercy seat to go to. That's where he hides. What a wonderful place to go today. And now he says in verse 6, Now shall mine head be lifted up 
above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Oh, what a glorious, wonderful thing when we get this picture and recognize what he's done for us. It puts a song in our hearts. Then we have, beginning with verse 7, his prayer. Oh, this leads him to pray. And he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, answer me. You see, in that secret place, there was mercy. And there is that secret place for us to come and receive the mercy of God. Now he says, When thou saidest, seek ye my face. David puts the invitation in the Lord's mouth. He says here, seek ye my face. And David says, I've already responded. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. God today has a longing for you. Do you respond to that? It's awful to live with a person and you don't express your love and there isn't that communication of love. That's what marriage is. (laughs) Marriage is not an arrangement whereby a woman gets a living and a man gets a cook. That may be in the deal, generally is, but that's not marriage. Marriage is when it's a love relationship. And if it's not that, it's not anything at all. And actually, our relationship to God should be like that. David says, my heart just responded. When God says, I love you, David says, I love you. When God says, I want to have fellowship with you, David says, I want to have fellowship with you. And then he says, hide not thy face far from me. David knew what it was for God to hide his face. When he sinned, he lost his fellowship, lost his joy. That's what he prayed for. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And then this next verse has been misunderstood. Verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And the critic has come along, even Dalich took the position that probably, he didn't say it, you know, out loud. He just suggested that this could have been written by someone else. Because the explanation that's been given, well, David's father and mother never forsook him. But I don't think that's what David is saying here. I think that it could better be translated, and you'll notice it's a temporal clause anyway, when my father and my mother forsake me, well, when do they? Well, they never did for David. And I think it'd be better to translate, had my father and my mother forsaken me? Had they done it? And that's in a translation that I have here, and I like that much better. I wish the Schofield revisers who made the new Schofield Bible had called attention to that because that make it so much different. Had my father and my mother forsaken me? Well, they didn't forsake me. But should they? The Lord will take me up. And some wise acre a few years ago put it like this. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the boy scouts will take me up. And I'm afraid today that a great many parents are letting organizations, including the church, raise their children. I don't care whether you are a member of a good Bible church. The children are yours. You are the one that should lead them to the Lord and not that Sunday school teacher or that preacher either. You are the one. And you are the one that should give them your time and give them your attention. That's what he's saying. 
I think here. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemy. David says, I want my testimony before the enemy because I know he'll criticize. I want you to watch over me, Lord, and help me not to stump my toe. Deliver me not over into the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Now, I was brought up in a denomination that has since gone into liberalism. And I was in a denomination that's gone into liberalism. I always prayed to the Lord, Lord, do not let me fall into the position where I'm at the mercy of church leaders or even a church board. And in my entire ministry, which began about 1930 and ended about 1970, I guess, and that's a long time, friends, about 40 years, during that entire time, God never let me get in a position where I was at the mercy of man. And that's what David is praying. And my heart goes out to many ministers today that find themselves at the mercy of maybe of a church board or a hierarchy. And I know several like that. My heart goes out to them today. And I urge them to pray like David did. Don't deliver me into the will of my enemies. Don't let them get me down and pin my shoulders to the mat, Lord. And I think that he'll hear and answer that prayer. And David said, I'd fainted unless I'd believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And even in this world today, you can see the goodness of the Lord, how wonderful it is. Now he says, what are we to do? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, there's a lot of heart trouble today among believers. It's known as faint-hearted, or the coward's heart, as it's known. All of us, I guess, have a little touch of it. And what are we to do? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And what will he do? He's going to strengthen our heart. He's really the great heart specialist today. Now in Psalm 28, I'm just going to take a minute for this very wonderful psalm here. It contains a cry. And the man's in trouble here. And it's a prayer for judgment upon the enemies and of a deliverance that's coming. And it's a tremendous picture that we have in this psalm. It's preliminary, really, to the next one. But I'm just hitting the high points. Verse 1, Under thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me. And a rock is what in Moses' great song, when they cross the Red Sea, he speaks of the rock, God being our rock. A rock is something to stand on. It's a foundation. We have a foundation. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is Christ Jesus. Now he says, verse 2, Hear the voice of my supplication. When I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Well, somebody's going to say that's the tabernacle. I agree with that and the mercy seat that's in it. It's the mercy seat that you and I need to cling to today. Now I drop down to verse 6, and he says, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. God hears and answers prayer. And as a result, David now says in verse 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiced, 
and my song will I praise him. Now, there's several things important. God is power. He's mighty. And God is a shield for protection. Power and protection. But is he my power? Is he my protection? Then if he is, in the only way it can be, my heart trusted in him, and I'm helped. He'll hear and answer prayer. And then what happens? And with my song will I praise him. We'll be able to praise him. And then he concludes by saying in verse 9, Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Oh, how glorious and wonderful this psalm is here. Why, you just take off in this psalm, you can see. We come next time to a great psalm of nature. Great many people are interested in ecology. Well, we have an ecological psalm for next time. Until then, may God richly bless you, my beloved. God hears and answers our prayers. Do you know someone that needs to hear this message today? Why don't you invite them to listen at ttb.org forward slash psalms or call 1-800-65-BIBLE if you need to be in touch by phone. I'm Steve Schwetz. I'll be here next time saving a seat on the Bible bus just for you. grateful for our committed listening family who faithfully pray and invest in Through the Bible as we together take the whole word to the whole world.